welcome to another episode of No Plans to Merge. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I'm your other host, Daniel Colburn. Today's episode is brought to you by Gink. Gink. Dry fly dressing. World's best. Okay. Thank Caleb. you, Gink. <laughs> I think I understand what a dry fly is. Okay. I don't know what dry fly dressing is. <laughs> <laughs> it seems antithetical because it seems wet. Yes, it's true. Um, you know what? I don't actually know anything about gink. The stuff I use to dress my dry flies is like a powder, like a silicone powder. I'm going to get it for you. But yeah. But gink, I think, is not. Here it is. This is the coolest stuff ever. This is a dry, dry shake. shake. You mm-hmm. toss your, your fly in this. So here's the problem statement. Mm-hmm. You're fishing so you dry feathers, flies. They're going to get wet. You don't exactly. want the feathers to get and wet. And they sink. And then it's like, what's the point of the dry fly? So mm-hmm. you use dry shake. You pop the fly in. You shake it about. And uh, you take it out. Rhymes. Cast mm-hmm. it out. And uh, catch a trout. <laughs> um, so uh, gink is the stuff that you always just see referenced and it was five bucks so i bought gink and i think it's so like a squirt it's basically thing. like some kind of a sealant or something yeah i guess so put on your flies rub small amount of gherky's gink into dry fly <laughs> before getting it wet gink melts at skin temperature and won't cake small hackles like silicones do sorry, floats what? dries for hours won't won't cake small hackles won't cake those small hackles now Gink dries at skin temperature and won't cake small hackles. Gink will never let you down. Don't guess. This is the best. Can you In imagine? Bold at the bottom. Like, um, you know, like, you know that Japanese uh, soldier who like was on that island for like 30 years after World War II and didn't know that the war was over? Is this um, Unbreakable? Is that the plot to Unbreakable? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I just know that there was there were Japanese soldiers who are on remote islands who just like continued to do their duty guarding these oh, islands 30 plus years after World War II was over, not knowing totally that the different. war had ended. That's insane. Is that real? Yeah. That's nuts, That's a real thing. Dude. Huge anyway, bummer. Um, <laughs> imagine that you are that person, right? And it's been 30 years since you just saw another human soul, right? Yeah. And you're sitting on the island and you're just, you've, you know, you're, you washed your uniform. You've got your kind of collar stiff. You're just patrolling, looking for gunboats or whatever it is that you're looking for every day. Right. And, uh, you're just there and you see a boat in the horizon. Right. Yeah. And the boat is coming towards land and you're like, oh my God, this is it. This is the moment I've been preparing for, for the last 30 years. And you get your, you get your rifle out. And you like kind of crouch behind this rock and you aim your rifle and the gun pulls or and the boat pulls up and a person in like a uniform with lots of medals kind of like steps off the boat onto the beach um, and sort of walks towards you and like salutes you and you like salute him back. And he goes, gink melts at skim temperatures and won't gunk small hackles. (laughs) What in the world? Daniel, I thought you were taking if, me somewhere. What if, what if you hadn't spoken to another human being in thirty years, and someone just appeared out of the blue and just looked you in the eyes really seriously and said, "Gink melts at small at skin temperatures and won't gunk small hackles." 
I would think I'm hallucinating. I don't know. I, I think I'm hallucinating right now. I, that I sentence think you are is, hallucinating right now. <laughs> that sentence is so nonsensical. You took me on a journey, and I really thought that you were going to lead me somewhere sad. Yeah, no, I baited and, you, and, and then I switched you. Yes, that was you a classic it? bait and switch. And now I have so many questions about those people on those islands. For example, how did they live for 30 years without like civilization? And if they did have civilization, why didn't they know the war was over? Yeah. So presumably these were some sort of survival experts. They're probably like 30 years though. Like, or maybe they had rations. The way you describe them as having collars and freshly washed uniforms. Well, I'm just thinking like holding up for 30 years on an Island. I'm thinking if you're like a person who is this committed to the war, you know, like you're probably also a person who like, very meticulously like hand washes their uniform this is wild where are you hand washing the uniform probably in the ocean (laughs) where do you get your food you hunt your food you must they must be fishing that's the only option right dude this is nuts so let's say 29 years let's say that the war kept on for 30 years Mm -hmm. these dudes are disheveled malnourished yep ragtag clothes they got a volleyball with a face on it, yep. the enemy comes in with weaponry. It's over. Like, what do they think? Dude, it's a wrap. <laughs> there had to be like a point <laughs> where they look at each other and I'm like, dude, I can't do it. <laughs> We're only like two minutes in. I can't do it. But they're like, dude, do you, do you guys think we might be fit to defend this island? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> you know, it does seem like kind of a hard task to accomplish if you haven't eaten in 30 years. <laughs> I'm thinking these dudes are just holding on. I'm thinking that they can't get back. I think yeah. I think that's the deal. But anyway, at some point, the, oh, the Japanese gosh. government like went and like officially relieved them of duty. That's the crazy part. The Japanese government knew where they were and they waited 30 <laughs> well, years. Well, this is the part of the story I don't I know. I would be so pissed. At the I kind of think, I think that maybe what happened is that like a fisherman might have gone to the island and come across these people. That's and, likely. And been like, what's your deal? And they were like, uh, we're here defending this island <laughs> from doing? the Americans. What do you mean? And they're like uh that war's been super over for a super long time do you want to see an iphone have you ever seen one of these (laughs) and uh the guys are like i don't believe you because my orders come from the japanese military and you're just some fisherman you could be a spy for the americans get gone so that guy probably went back called the coast guard and was like yo did you guys forget somebody (laughs) And then the 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 real part of the story is what the Japanese government did to pretend that the war just ended. Yeah, so they right. Like yeah, they, it's like a Truman Show situation. Exactly. And like the funny part of the story is like the one thing that's out of place that the, that the dudes are like, wait a minute, is that a uh, I don't know a McDonald's? I don't know. What. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean in Japan now versus japan during like during world war ii are radically different places you like, don't know that how would you know that You've i never wouldn't been you're there. right that's true that's something i wouldn't know um interesting that's true from my reading in um uh what's phil knight's uh autobiography uh shoe dog sounds like something you would know 
<laughs> That's great when people do that. When they, oh, what's the thing that you won't know, but I know? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like we're in this together. We are in this together. Daniel, maybe this episode is the Japan episode. That's true. So I've been talking with been? Hannah. And well, so we want to go to Japan. And Me you know, too. we talked to Mama Colborn at length about our uh-huh. Japan trip, and she's uh-huh. gonna host us. Cool. For sure. Cool. Um Re, as they call her. Re, that's what they call her. And Recall Bob. Recall, yeah. Um, that's her Instagram. Recall. Yeah. She yeah. takes really good pictures. You should go follow her. She really does. They're actually incredible. If you don't follow Recall on Instagram. I think it's Recall. Let me not lie recall. to the people. It is? No, it is, yeah. Okay, It's cool. like one of three accounts I follow. Um, Daniel. Mm-hmm. Yes, we we talk about Japan from time to time, whatever. And we're both like, Daniel, I'm like, Daniel, like, lived there. Like, why did you live? You lived in another country That's, most yeah. of your life. Uh-huh. And we are friends and it doesn't come up that often and we still have most of the same like references there's just a gaping hole in your spongebob knowledge that's Mm -hmm. the big one yeah no Um, 90s pop culture anything on nickelodeon i'm almost useless right it's stuff like that where i really fall down and like but other than that like i've got a lot of the same references so she hannah's like you need to do a japan no plans to merge i'm like we totally do uh no japan's to merge so I don't know if today's no Japan's to merge, but well, yeah, I mean we can talk about Japan. We should at least try it. We should okay, at least yeah, talk yeah. about it a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Daniel, what? yeah, what I have some know? questions for you. This is great. How many years of your life did you spend in Japan? So it was fifteen years of being in Japan. Okay, so fifteen um, years between. Or no, the... no, no, that's not true. Sorry, there was fifteen years from the first time I went to Japan. Yeah. To when I left Japan. Okay. But there what was times in between time where went? I was in America. Right. Okay. How so, old were you when you first went to Japan? I was three. Okay. Um, how old were you when you left Japan? 18. I was 17, actually. Oh. Okay. So it was like just under 15 years, I guess. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, okay. So you spent about 15 years in Japan. How many years, how many full years inside those 15 years did you live in the U.S.? Um... So we were there. F- I think this is the schedule. So the theoretical schedule was we would be there for th- four years and then be back for one year. Yep. But I think what actually happened was we were there for three years, back for a year, there for four years, back for a year, then there for five years and back for a year. Gotcha. So it it evens out to every to one out of every five years we were back. The next question is why you were there, but I have to interrupt this uh, Q and A. To say one of the reasons that this came up was Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I have a handful of friends who are more Japanese than you. Oh, that's the weird part. Like I had a friend growing up who had like, you know, samurai swords from the local like karate uh, hut bonsai trees. He was super into anime, played all the Final Fantasies, Mm -hmm. like was all on it, you know? Yep. Um, But you're not that guy. Yeah, I'm not into anime. You're not into anime is basically um, what I'm I'm doing. not a weeb as they call them. That's what they call them. Yep. So the thing, the thing with me is that, um, I actually don't know a lot of Japanese kids who have samurai swords. <laughs> do you know a lot of American kids that do though? I know a lot of American <laughs> yeah. kids who are real into Japan who have samurai swords. For um, sure. 
and I so think you didn't like, have like a little like Zen garden in your bedroom. Yeah, exactly. Like rake. it's it's like a country full of people who do like normal things. Right. Um, I'm more more thinking of the anime thing. Yeah. I would say, like, even within Japan, I think that there is, like, a subset of people who are more into anime than other people. Okay. Um, I would say the cross-section of people who are kind of into anime is a lot wider in Japan, Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, But it's kind of like Marvel movies or something here, where it's like... Some people are super into Marvel, some people it's like, Some people are like, I'm not that into Marvel, but I did see the big one. Right, right, yeah. You know, but it's it's like, it's just kind of like that's part of culture, right? And like, yeah, there are uh, intense nerdy subcultures, and then there's like people who are just kind of like vaguely aware of whenever that subculture pops into the the monoculture. You okay. know, you were in Japan because your dad's a missionary. That's correct. Both of my parents are. Both your parents. Uh huh. Well, there you go. And so your parents are missionaries and they go to Japan. Why? Um, so the theory or yeah, so they basically there was an existing missionary team there and they had the goal was basically to like, I think, start churches um, mm-hmm. and build up the infrastructure for Japanese run churches. Okay. Right. So like uh, working with a like setting up a denomination in Japan that had a seminary that could train new pastors and setting up the infrastructure for like, yeah, how do you start a church and what are the like, what do you have to do with the government to do that? And, Mm -hmm. you know, so and my good, my dad would basically go and like at first with other people and then eventually he went to seminary and became a pastor and did it on his own. But my dad would basically go in, start a church, run the church for a little bit. And by run, I mean just like be the pastor of the church for a little bit. Um, and then bring in Japanese pastors under him as like assistant pastors or whatever. Hmm. And like, uh, with the goal of ultimately handing the church over to like a younger Japanese pastor. Sure. And then my dad would go start a different church. Did he speak Japanese? Like were his sermons in Japanese? Yeah. My dad gives sermons in Japanese. When did he learn Japanese? Like, was it just for this? We went to language school or we, (laughs) I mean, I didn't go to language school, but my parents went to language school and I was in third grade. Um, but, uh, so we, we, the first, bit of time that we were in japan we lived in chiba which is like sort of east of tokyo on this little peninsula um southeast okay and uh we lived in sort of a community a bigger community of missionaries there um and then we came back and we moved to the mountains of karuizawa which is like this um very small town that's basically kind of like a vacation town. Like I'm sure there are a lot of towns in upstate New York that are like this where it's like, it's like a mountain town with a lot of cabins that are owned by people. Sure. That they go to during the vacation months. Cool. Yeah. But during the rest of the year, there's like not a lot of people there. Right. You know, there's only a few townies, but like a lot of cabins that are owned by people. Sure. Yeah. So this language school 
was in this town. And so we lived on this mountain that was like a full neighborhood, but like most of the houses were unoccupied most of the year. Wow. Um, and we had monkeys that would come and party. No way. Uh, we had, we lived in, so there were some rich people. I don't even know how rich they were, but like in my mind then they were like really yeah. rich people who owned this vacation house. Uh-huh. Um, and the vacation house had a smaller house out back. Yeah. And we rented the smaller house from them. Um, I think we rented it. Maybe they like donated it to us because we were missionaries. That's something that happened a fair decent amount. Okay, yeah. Where people would be like, hey, you can just live in this house for free because right. you're doing God's work or whatever. Yeah. Um, regardless, we lived in the small house outside their big house, um, but their house had a tennis court. Um, and it wasn't, it was like a shit, a shitty tennis court, but whatever. It was a tennis court. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, there were these packs of like 40 monkeys would come and they would like swing on the swings and climb on the net of the tennis court and just do all kinds of crazy shit. It was like oh, a man. wild Japanese mountain town. They are, oh man, I used to know. They are uh, red. They're the ones with the red asses. Um, I wrote a paper about them. Baboons. I, they're not baboons. <laughs> um, but but like, they're small little guys, right? Some are kind of big. Like, could they mess you up? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, there was definitely like a when the monkeys are outside, you want to be in the house. Chilling. No way. Yeah, like for real. Like you're not like if there's monkeys outside, it's like get if in the house. If there's like one or two monkeys or something, it's probably fine. Right. But they would there's come like in like groups of, of forty monkeys, and you know the the larger monkey macaque. Yes, Mitch, what's up? Um, macaque. How do you spell that? M-A-C-A-Q-U-E. Macaque. Okay. Oh, no. um, okay. Yeah, macaque. So, you know, the larger <laughs> ones of these monkeys are about the size and strength of like an eight-year-old probably. Okay. You know, which yep. is like, I could take an eight-year-old, but like, little guys. could I take an eight-year-old with the agility of a monkey who can like fucking... Oh, an eight-year-old is just like cut? Yeah. <laughs> just like... Well, who's cut and can just kind of like climb around your body with sure. the agility of a monkey. Also like... has 30 other friends who want to fuck you up. Like Dude, so do people like have do they domesticate these guys? There are monkeys I think that are like trained um probably by like some like weird unethical like right. road shows or whatever. Okay. But also like there's like a some... Tiger King type guy. I had heard of yeah, yeah, but I had also heard of monkeys that were like uh trained by like monasteries or whatever mm. and not like trained trained but like the monasteries would like they'd hang out you know this mountain town that you're in i'm so like a mountain town here like ellicottville is right not that far it's about an hour away ski town mm-hmm. uh, and then adirondacks is another one that of course you that would probably come to mind for this kind of thing and it's very um not asian so i'm right. wondering <laughs> a mountain town in japan i'm picturing like tea house like so all of that exists i wouldn't say that was like the primary vibe okay of where you were right? yeah because i don't know a damn thing so i don't know if this is i like... mean it was just cabins on a mountain right okay. yeah um cabins houses it was like people's summer houses or whatever yeah. on these mountains um some of them were more cabiny some of them were more housey and these um, cabins we're talking like straight roofs <laughs> like 
the normal yeah they were just i mean they were japanese construction is different than american construction yeah no they weren't like like a furled mustache no no they weren't they weren't like built in the 1600s or whatever like (laughs) but i mean a lot of them did have those like uh ceramic tile roofs that you see in japan like that's pretty common even on like newer construction okay but yeah i mean there's definitely like construction styles in japan that are very japanese okay um but most of them aren't like architected to look like a buddhist temple or anything okay (laughs) that's kind of you know i mean the closest i've come to japan is the one uh in central florida that you can go epcot and yes okay Um, yeah yeah so that's where i get my japanese knowledge uh daniel i picture you in a really really tall like high-rise apartment so we eventually did like a building live in, with like 20 floors or yeah so we were floors. only at this language school for like two or three years or something yeah while my parents basically like intensively studied japanese wow um and then we moved back to uh not tokyo itself but like a suburb on the outskirts of tokyo Okay. Um, we were about like two train stations, maybe three train stations away from Tokyo Disneyland. Okay. Um, yeah. And um, we, uh, yeah, we just, that's where we lived. Um, and it was, it was a cool neighborhood. It was like reclaimed land. Do you know okay. what that is? No. So it's basically, it used to be the Tokyo Bay. Oh, they were like, we need more land. I do know about this. From, and so they, they basically, like, they just like dump, uh, not like trash, but like uh, construction trash. Okay. So like if they like tear down concrete buildings and there's and like concrete yeah. chunks or rebar or whatever. Yeah. They basically like dump this. So they build like a containing wall. Mm. And then they like dump this stuff into the ocean like continually for a really, really long time. And they let it settle for like 25 years. Um, and then they basically like build land out of it. Um, and then they built this whole town on it. That's um, nuts. Yeah. And I mean, That's it's nuts, dude. It's huge. Like, I don't. Let me just like. Makuhari Baytown population. I want to know like how many people live on this reclaimed land now. What's the name um, of it? Makuhari Baytown. You spell that. Um, M A K U H A R E. Um, so I'm just gonna search like Kaihin Makuhari population. Makuhari Baytown. Okay. Okay. This is looking like pretty standard stuff, folks. For the listener, we're looking at something that kind of looks like. Honestly, it looks like like parts of like Miami. Yeah, no, and it's definitely it's like styled after Miami. And... Right. Wow. So, and they use the same colors that they use in Miami on all the buildings. Dude, that's crazy. Like those like pastel colors and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it was like a pretty well-to-do suburb of Tokyo. Sure. Um, and uh, like, it's interesting because like that, the apartments are small because it's Japan. Yeah. Right? And so, um, but they're expensive. Right. Okay. And so it was weird. How expensive in U.S. dollars? Like, so I don't actually know. Okay. Because I never had to pay the rent, but you should research that. Yeah. Um, but w- they're expensive. So like, we lived in buildings with people who had like Porsches and you know nice cars. Um, but 
like we didn't have anything right so our um not didn't have anything we had everything we needed (laughs) but like um but like we because our we needed to be where we were because that's where the church was supposed to be started okay because they had like whatever analytics they do to determine like what neighborhood needs a church they were like this is a growing population center with a lot of young families and zero churches a lot of sin in this town I think, well, I think it was just like, this is a place that a church should be. If you gotcha. were going to say like, where is there not a church where there's an opportunity for a church? Like a McDonald's you know? would do. Yeah. So anyway, they, um, this was the neighborhood to be in. Um, but like our like rent and stuff was paid by like people who funded where we live. Sure. Like churches who donated to like fund where we lived or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so our our like family income probably didn't match the neighborhood. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yep, yep. Um but anyway, so we lived in this like pretty nice neighborhood and it was cool. I used to like all the buildings had like some kind of security system where like you would buzz in. Okay. Um yep. but I would like climb in and I got in trouble a bunch of times for like climbing into my own building. Nice. Sometimes once I think from someone else, but like more often from my dad. Mm. being like you have to stop climbing into this building like mm-hmm. people like we're trying to like be like oh like we're we're not trying to be like oh my gosh that foreign menace of people trying to be who a live city in, on a hill yeah we're trying to be a city on a hill and you're like scaling the building uh <laughs> so you should stop doing that um but i did do it and it was fun daniel did you have japanese friends i did um so mostly when we first moved to Makuhari, the Miami-ish yeah. vibe place. When you got out of the mountains. When we got out of the mountains, uh, I would have been in like third, fourth grade maybe. And we had some next door neighbors who had a kid who was like the same age as me. Um, and we would, there was an elementary school like right across the street from us that had like basketball hoops and soccer nets and stuff. So we would like, me and him would go over there and play basketball and soccer and stuff. And then um, there's like, these things that were really popular then called mini yonkuru, which is, means like mini four wheel drive. Mm. Um, and it's these like model cars that kids would build, but they had these little electric engines and you could buy all these parts, wheels and all, gearboxes and all this other stuff. And you so, would, everyone had like a tool, every kid, every boy in Japan at this time who was around our age yeah. had a little toolbox full of parts for these cars. And you would go over to your friend's house and like, each open up your toolbox and just like tinker and put together a car out of parts no way. and race them. That's so cool. It was so cool. And I'm, I actually, I think I might've gotten one. I either got one for Matt's kid or I recommended one for Matt's kid. Oh really? Cool. Yeah. Because yeah, when Chai was sick, Chai was sick for some reason. Chai. And Matt's kid. Right. Um, I thought it was, uh, is it Chai? I thought it was Kai. Kai. Yeah, that makes sense. Kai. That's really but funny. I, I read Chai. it so much that I think Chai. <laughs> right. like, I know. Malachi. Chicago. Though. Malachi. Yeah. Dude, that's so Kai funny. Kai was sick. <laughs> Chai. Yeah. And uh, we, anyway, pe- people were sending him stuff and I was like, yeah. I'm going to send him this like cool car toy Dude. that I used to love as a kid. Um, that's crazy. What is it so called? They're so awesome. So just search like mini 4WD, like mini four wheel drive. Ah, okay. Uh, very interesting. Tamaya is like yeah. the company. 
Uh-huh. And uh, so these things, okay, it's cool. So these are, I mean, is it that different from our C cars that we have here? It's just you, that you, you kind of like. You don't control them though. Well, you don't control them. No, they just have a oh. motor. And, and so you tracks. just set them down and they go. You can do them on tracks or you, like we lived in these apartment buildings that had these long, um, like, you know how like a motel is where there's like doors, but there's like a balcony that runs the length of the building. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like everyone kind of comes out their front door and you're all yep. standing on this long balcony together. Yeah. So we had those. Um, and so we would like go out in front of the house and just race them down this like 200 foot, like balcony or whatever um wow dude these get pretty pricey on ebay there's I one bet. for 506 dollars. yeah well i bet like the vintage ones are like super expensive now and it looks like a lot of them have like bumpers on them so yep. that like they hit so that a, if they hit a, a corner wall, yeah like turn the opposite way mm-hmm. yeah okay i gotcha you should get one of these cool. just to play with like they're yeah. really fun get a cheap one it sounds awesome. Yeah. Leave and like there's the different Japanese. engines. There's different motors that are like different strengths. They all run cool. off double A batteries, right? But it's cool. like which motors are most efficient with double A batteries. You get into like different lubricants and stuff. Wow. You know, it's like, it's really cool. That's awesome. So anyway, we'd play with those. We would play like Crash Bandicoot on the PlayStation. You know, we, we were just hanging out. So That's that was awesome. like my main like Japanese friend was like my next door neighbor, Kenchi. So PlayStation... Was it more pop because my childhood also consisted of playing Crash Bandicoot on the PlayStation, mm-hmm. but I didn't live in Japan. Was it like bigger there, same bigness, earlier? Like that's... I don't know. I was only in one place. Um, right. So I didn't have like a frame Except of reference. times you were in... It did seem like... I mean, I played Nintendos when I was there. Yeah. But I actually think that in my immediate circle of friends, PlayStation was way more popular than uh, Nintendo. Right. And it wasn't until we came back to the U.S., I think, that I remember people being really into Nintendo. Funny. But I'm sure that they were because, like, if you look at, like, all the games that were created, there was tons and tons and tons of Nintendo games created for Japan. Right. Yep. Um, I, I might have just lived in a specific era where, like, the PlayStation was newer than the latest Nintendo. Right, right. And so that I was that just... was... I mean, that was the case here. I remember, the like, N64 my early came childhood out. had an yeah. NES. And then it, and then like the Super Nintendo N sixty four, but then it was like then it was PlayStation the PlayStation one all the way up until GameCube, off of, right? And then I do remember when GameCube came out, everyone had them. Okay. Um, did you play the new Crash Bandicoot? No, you didn't. Mm-mm. It's pretty good. It's very good. What's it on? Uh, I think it's on everything. Okay, word. I played it on the Switch, but it it brings you right back, dude. Yeah, right back. Hell yep. yeah. Ooga ooga. Ooga ooga. Yep. It's a good time. Um, but yeah, play okay. a lot of baseball. Okay. Baseball's big in Japan. So, um, Daniel, you speak Japanese? Yes, and. Um, Is that I, Japanese for yes? I, um, <laughs> yes, and. <laughs> so I would say like when I left Japan, I was basically functionally fluent. Okay. Right? Like I could do whatever I wanted to do. Okay. Um, there was still stuff I didn't know how to say. Yep. Um, but it was all specialized stuff, right? So it was like, oh, like I've never been to a, mm. you know, a podiatrist's office before. Right. And so I don't know the word for bunions in <laughs> Japanese. Well, I do know that word in English, right? right? So it's like it, all the 
but like in general life stuff, I would just like speak Japanese to people and get around. Okay. Um, and would, my, would your family speak Japanese? Yeah. So inside? my sisters knew Japanese better than everyone else because okay. they went to Japanese elementary school. I didn't. Uh, I went to inter- an international school. Uh, um, but I had Japanese friends. We took Japanese classes. I lived in Japan. You just have to right. talk to people. Like, yeah. So we were all like pretty fluent. Um, yeah. My two little sisters went to Japanese elementary school and have like, well, I don't know if they do now, but... Back then, they had no accent. Like, if they picked up the phone, people thought they were Japanese. No way. Um, if I picked up the phone, people said I had an accent that was, like, one of the southern cities. But, like, not exactly, not like an American. Right? Right, like, right. But, like, I didn't sound like where I lived. Yep. Um, and then I think both my parents had an accent of, like, or at least at that point, had an accent of, like, an American who learned Japanese. Right interesting how do you say no plans to merge in japanese oh i don't know so this is the thing i mean yeah dude i don't know like you i gotta for- give it a shot piece it the- together well let me give context first i forget so i've been to japan once since i was 17 okay and it was for two weeks and i was like 24 or 25 when we did it Mm-hmm. And I stepped off the plane. Have I told you this story? I stepped no. off the plane and someone put a camera in my face and started interviewing me. Um, what? And he's interviewing me in English. And I'm like, I'm going to answer in Japanese and throw this guy off. Right? Because it'll be funny. Yeah. So then I started speaking in Japanese and then got halfway into the sentence and realized I couldn't speak Japanese. <laughs> and was like the, 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 and so then I just looked like an idiot right <laughs> <laughs> this guy threw a camera in my face and was like uh, speak English to me basically that's you know? so funny and I was like I'm gonna do a really bad job of speaking Japanese but then it took like two weeks and I remembered a bunch of Japanese okay. um, and there was this thing that I unlocked this is the weirdest thing about like remembering a language um there was like a one phrase that I couldn't like say. Mm-hmm. So like he, the guy asked me, he was like, Oh, so you've lived in. J-. So he said like, I, he said, whatever I said, I used to live in Japan. Hi, what's up? I speak Japanese. Well, all this stuff. So I said all that in Japanese. Well, right. And then he basically asked like, how long has it been since you've been in Japan? Mm. Right. And there's a way in Japan that you say like a period of time has elapsed. Uh-huh. Right. So, like, it's been eight years. Right. Right? Um, you don't just say eight years. You say something that basically translates to, like, an eight-year negative yeah. period. Okay. Right? Yeah. Like an eight-year yeah. absence or something. Right. Um, and it's booty. So, you say hachinen. Hachinen means eight years. Okay. So, you say hachinen booty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that this thing existed, and I couldn't come up with booty. And so when I couldn't get that out, like my entire ability to speak the language disappeared instantly. <laughs> the kick is up. Oh, and that is so funny. It took me like two days to land on booty, like Hachinen wow. booty. Yeah. And once I once I landed there, the whole language opened up to me again. Oh really? It was so weird. It was like this mental block. And when I got funny. over it, that's crazy. So dude. merge. I have no idea how to say merge. What's like an equivalent though? Like let's put I don't something. No, what is an here. equivalent? What's an equivalent to the word merge in English? Combine. Um 
I don't know, man. I can't. I can't think like. What that. about accept? Like I accept your gift. That sounds like a very like Japanese word. You gotta know it, Deke. I don't know it. Say booty again, and maybe booty. it will unlock. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay. How do you say no? No. Yeah. Well, like in what context? In the context of no plans to murder. Well, you don't say it. That's what I'm saying. It's not a word that you would say in that context. You would just okay. negate the word plans. Oh. Right? Because All no right. plans to merge isn't a sentence. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. So, Okay, so I mean, like, I don't plan on merging. You know, yeah. I, I'll take the... the well, the, the problem is but... I don't know I don't know the words for plan or merge, so this is going right. to be this going to be an issue. But I could say that I don't have I don't want to merge. Like I yeah. don't want to X. Yeah. So I could say I don't want to X. Yeah. So whatever, like um, X, Wa or O. The article depends on what noun it is. Yari takunai, right? Or yari takemasen would be the more polite way to say it. Um, Sounds great, Daniel. Music to my ears. But that just means like I don't want to do something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what merges. Okay. okay. <laughs> my All mom right. will tell us. Okay. Does she still listen to the show? Uh, who knows? Probably. I mean, I hope so. She got an Instagram shout out. She did. She did. It's a big deal. <laughs> big deal. Um, this is very interesting, Daniel. You grew up in Japan. You had Japanese friends. Um, I don't know. Like maybe here's a question. What What would be one of the biggest Oh, I don't know. What's the biggest pro of growing up in Japan versus the U.S.? Because you kind of half grew up in both, sort of. Yeah, I would say just not um, inheriting the like um, American supremacy that comes of mm. being an American, right? Yeah. Like, not just sort of uh, taking as written that like. America is somehow like a better or more civilized country than other places in the world. Sure. Um, and getting exposure. Cause like, I think that Tokyo arguably is like the most like put together place in the world. Hmm. As far as like everyone makes like, there's a lot of money being made. It's like a high production, big yeah. city. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you compare it, it's like three times bigger than New York, right? Mm. And if you compare it to New York, New York is a complete shithole. Yeah. Right? right? <laughs> I mean, I think New York is a shithole relative to Buffalo. Like, right, right. But that's what I'm saying is like, there are, like, America doesn't have the ability to have a large city that's not a shithole. Yeah. Right. Every large city in America is a shithole. Yeah. Right? And it's like, the, everything's dirty. There's like trash on the street. Yeah. Uh, Chicago, I don't, I haven't been there a ton, but well, parts of Chicago, like right? right? City, but yeah, for sure. But yeah. like, you know, there, Tokyo is like a clean, safe, put together gotcha. city. Um, yeah. the trains, like, it has the best public transportation in the entire world. Hmm. You can get anywhere on the train for very cool. cheap. It's amazing. You know, it's just nice. like. If you were planning like a city that was like good to live in, you would just yeah. make Tokyo, right? Mm. Yeah. And so it's sort of once you realize that like uh, other people in the world are just like better at doing a lot of stuff than America is. Yeah. 
then like a lot of the, I think the assumptions that you make being in America that like we have some sort of like secret knowledge that we need to share with the world. And like, right. if, and like, we need to like get more people onto our, our side and save people from themselves and make them see things the way that we do is like kind of laughable. Cause it's like, Oh dude, America's bad at everything. Um, you got here. If you got it out for America there, Deke. Well, I'm just, just um, saying, no, I want the best for America. I want it to be better, better than everyone else. That's no, a very better than American itself. Thing to say. I, I'm I'm trying to push it to reach a new PR. Mm. Daniel, no, uh, no place to merge. No yeah. place to merge. What the hell does that come from? Japan, uh, perks living in Japan. A, a practical, tra- practical perk, tangible, tangible. Give me perk. one that's like you know, oh, being a kid in Japan, like when you would flip flop, you'd be like, oh, in Japan. Uh, well, whatever. I mean, so there's a lot of um. Like, uh, yeah, just being able to go places on the subway is amazing, right? Like, y- Japan is not a place, or Tokyo specifically, like, as big cities go. Like, I would not feel comfortable sending, like, an eight-year-old kid to ride the train for an hour to school in New York. Yeah. But I rode this train for an hour to school in Tokyo. Hmm. And it wasn't in Tokyo. It was, like, outside Tokyo. But still, like, I rode, like, crowded trains with... Lots and lots of people every day. Mm. And I just like, I went to the place. I bought a ticket. I got on the train. I went to school. I got off the train. I went to school, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, it's safe. Like your kid is not going to get abducted. Your house is not going to get broken into. Yep. You're not going to get robbed. Cool. You know, it's just a safe place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which means that as a kid, you can just go be free in the world Hmm. and not have to worry about all the things you have to worry about in America Yeah, of like, is my kid going to get abducted or whatever? Right. Right. Um, which, you know, you could argue how much you actually have to worry about that and whether people argue to worry too much about it. But yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, from the time I was eight basically was like out on my own navigating the world and using public transit and doing everything sort of unsupervised. Word. That's really cool. And that's that's not I mean, I guess I didn't expect something different, but it is definitely news to me. Yeah. That it is that way. Um And I I mean I, I think it's still that way. I don't know. I mean this is the nineties. Right. Early two thousands. But yeah. Uh so I'm gonna ask you some some cliche questions here, like because I'd really wanna know, as somebody who really likes bonsai, mm-hmm. how like how is it different in japan is it more like integrated into the culture uh like do you see maybe it's more integrated into the culture in that like you might go to like like you know how if you go to like an air have you been to the atlanta airport at some point yeah definitely i have i don't know if a lot of airports like they'll have like these long moving walkways between terminals underground right and you take them and sort of along the walls of the moving walkway, there will be some random art exhibit, right? Yeah. And it'll be like, you know, uh, street art from Atlanta, you know? And it'll be like sure. a bunch of photos of street art in Atlanta. And it'll be like, while you're on this walkway, you may as well look at this art, you know? Okay, yeah. From like local artists. Right. In Japan, the chances of that local art being bonsai are higher. <laughs> okay. So that's so... so... Okay. You know what I'm saying? But like, yeah, yeah. it's not like... You know, like you probably 
you have a higher chance of randomly running into someone who is a bonsai person in Japan. Okay. But like, I didn't know anybody who did bonsai. Okay. And martial arts aren't very big there. Martial arts are huge. Okay. I knew way, lots of way people bigger who did there martial arts. Than I did. Here. I did judo. Okay. Um. Yeah. Way more. Well, I don't know now. Now that UFC is popular, everyone's doing fucking jujitsu. You yeah. know. But back before UFC, when it was just like everyone was doing like weird mall karate. Yeah. Right. Um. I would say Japan. It was much bigger <laughs> in martial arts. <laughs> That's really funny. Um. <laughs> Super quick story. It's not a great story, so I'm going to keep it quick. There's a guy who lives down the street from my parents, so where I grew up. His name is Pat, and he's a real, like, real interesting guy. Gruff, but, like, friendly, but, we- like, not weird. He-, he walks his dog all day. He hunts. He kind of, like, lives to hunt, mm-hmm. and he complains about his wife who, like, can't walk anymore because she's, like, so unhealthy. And we actually went into business one time, like uh, with driftwood, because he would collect like mounds and mounds of Lake Erie driftwood. Because okay. we lived, I mean, you could like spit to the beach and uh, and pile it up and I would sell it on eBay until that got shut down because you can't really sell like wood on eBay. But um, Daniel, this guy, last year I caught a bunch of steelhead. I came home, a whole st- whatever. I ended up talking to him for a while, long enough that my car dies um, that has nothing to do with the story, but it's we just talked like, about uh, it on the episode when it happened. Right. This guy. So tell me if this, uh, I probably didn't tell you this part, but we're just talking and there's a place called red dragon. That's where everybody like did karate in mm-hmm. Taekwondo, I think in the mall. And, uh, and so I've been there a hundred times to get like knives cause there's mm-hmm. the knife, you know, like counter. Knife store. You can, yeah. Yeah. And you can buy like, uh, like butterfly knives Hell and yeah. like all sorts of cool stuff. And there's a bonsai exhibit. I went to like a bonsai class or whatever. And he's like, we're talking about pandemic related things. And he's just like complaining about his brother who's never going to be able to bounce back. And who's just like so stuck in his ways uh, selling knives. And I'm like, who's your brother? He's like, oh, it's a uh, whatever Ray from Red Dragon. I'm like, no way. This guy's a legend mm-hmm. and totally puts out the vibe that he's not Japanese, but you think he's something, you know, mm-hmm. but he's Pat God's brother. Like this guy like grew up in the boons like it doesn't get less yeah. <laughs> less asian than this guy right, right. so it's funny. like the guy in napoleon dynamite like yes, rex kwando rex, rex kwando yeah it is rex kwando so anyway that was a tangent but so martial arts were huge in japan growing up mm. that's interesting and not, you did not huge but like i there was like like we did them in school once okay for pe cool. and like okay. i took judo classes what about um uh like buddhism like zen buddhism yeah so japan has two state religions um so buddhism and shinto shinto is like a mm. older specifically japanese religion okay um that is about like the spirits in nature and so they'll build a temple on a big mountain or they'll build a temple near a really old tree Okay. And be like, this temple is about the spirit of this tree that's 1,500 years old. And whatever. Actually, funny funny story. When I was a kid, this actually ties in nicely. When I was a kid, my friend Mark got like a bow and arrow from his brother. who had, He had like a much older brother. Okay. Right? And he got like a bow and some arrows. And it was like the first time we'd ever had a bow that wasn't like a rinky-dink kid's bow. Sure. It was like a recurve bow yep. that worked. You know? Yep. 
And so we were like, let's run around and shoot this bow. You know, we were probably 13 or something. We accidentally shot the bow into the 1,500-year-old god tree. Oh, my God. And, uh, and, and the, the spirit let out a... <laughs> Shit. The priest of the temple came out and fucking screamed at us and was super mad and took our wow. arrow. The, the like the the ascetic like monk like lost his shit <laughs> he was not happy <laughs> he was really mad he was like dude my whole life like i could have been doing anything else but instead i became a monk to sit in this temple and think about this tree this one tree that's been here longer than generations of your family and you just came out here and just shot an arrow into it because you got a bow and arrow <laughs> Um, oh that's great i mean the real like i imagine the reality of things there what i picture is like kung fu panda level stuff like mr miyagi a lot of that kind of thing last samurai picturing a lot of that type of temple monk behavior i mean there are but, temples and monks all over the place okay and i'm wondering like how how much is it like if you you know your your everyday average church here you might have a pastor with like you know, with like a short sleeve button down, come out and yell at you about like hurting a tree. Yeah. Like, I know it's different, but it's I wonder. It's more common it... that they wear the uniform there. Okay. The monks. Okay. Um. So like, you know, it'd be more like seeing a guy like on the train with like a priest collar. Okay. You know what I'm, some, cool. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, right. But like there, the uniform is more like a big hat and like robe. Type that things. is so dope you might yeah. just see one of those guys yeah i took a picture of one my, i have this old Flickr account which still exists which we can find and tweet about or something but yeah um of pictures i took when i was like a sophomore in high school or whatever i was just mm -hmm. into like street photography and taking pictures in japan mm -hmm. um and i took a picture of this guy who was just like they just kind of go out there and uh they'll hold like a rice ball this these guys who've taken vows of poverty yeah um and so they'll just kind of stand there with a rice bowl out and their eyes closed meditating and like people just kind of put coins in the rice bowl <laughs> i'm picturing more of like what's going on inside that guy's head like you know like he's meditating like he puts on the show mm -hmm. but like you drop like a, some he's serious like, that coin like a heavy coin yeah. yeah he's he's pumped well and, and in japan you, like, the biggest coin is 500 like, yen which is like five dollars Okay. So like, and they're so much bigger and heavier serious. than the other coins. So yeah. like, you, you know, could probably he's just tell. sitting there like, what do we get? What do we get? What do we get? Big money, big money, big money. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. You know that. You know. Right. Okay. So that's fascinating to me. Um, and so like, how exposed were you to these religions being a like Christian m missionary? Not that much. Okay. And that's like, I kind of regret it because like I've taken an interest in Buddhism right. after living in Japan. That's crazy, dude. You know? Yep. Uh, were they big into Alan Watts? Did he bring Buddhism to Japan <laughs> as well? Uh, Everybody's reading Alan Watts. Um, that's great. Uh, so the, the, the question on everybody's mind, Daniel, uh -huh. is how many times did you go to Tokyo Disneyland? Um, probably like at least six or seven. Okay. Solid amount. I'd say. And did yeah. they have the seas when you were there? Did they have what? The seas. Disney Sea? Disney Sea. Yeah. I went to Disney Sea. Okay. Probably three or four times. 
People say so it's when the I best say, Disney when park I say, of all parks. In when the I world. say how many times I go to Tokyo Disneyland, I'm combining Disneyland and Disney Sea. Yeah, I figured. As like, because they're I different even, tickets. Yeah. You you go to different. Oh really? They're okay. different parks. Okay. So like, you can get a ticket that like gets you into both, but like, we would always just get like day tickets because we lived okay. right down the train line. Right, right, right. So. You, we would pick which one we were going to go to, and yeah. generally, people wanted to go to Disney Sea because it was better. I I've heard from you know from my sources that Disney Sea is like the greatest Disneyland or Disney park of all. Yeah, I don't know. I've only world. been to Disneyland and Disney Sea in Tokyo. They're is both it dope they're both pretty it... good. Disney Sea okay. just was newer. Okay. And so it was like, let's go to the newer one. Gotcha. Word word word. Um, but they got all the stuff. They got Space Mountain, Splash Mountain. How is it treated there? Like Disneyland? not being in America, like it being like a dose of American culture. Japanese people are obsessive about their uh, cultural things. Hmm. And so if you are into Disney in Japan, hmm. it is a level that you. Yeah. Like your wife is like into Disney. Right. But these people are into Disney. In a way that you just cannot comprehend. Right. Okay. Um, I kind of get that vibe from what I understand. So Hannah is like extremely interested in Tokyo Disneyland. Extremely. Yeah. So I, I mean, I rode the trains, right? And okay. I rode the trains two stops away from Tokyo Disneyland on yep. the train line. The only train line that goes to Tokyo Disneyland. Yeah. Right. So it was incredibly common for people on the trains with me to have just come from Tokyo Disneyland or be on their way to Tokyo Disneyland. Right. Okay. And they dress up. And yeah, okay. they will have, you know, like, it's not at all uncommon to see, like, a girl who's dressed as, I don't know, who's a big Disney character that someone would dress as. Like, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be at all uncommon <laughs> for someone to be dressed as Snow White and oh, have sure. stuffed versions of all of the seven dwarves oh, wow. on the train with them. Gotcha. Like, sitting on the train seat next to them are, yeah. like, all seven dwarves in a okay. stuffed thing. Yeah. You know? And... They're definitely going to Disney right now or just came from there. But it's like you get the sense that they do this like once a week. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, it's Saturday. I'm time for me to dress up as a Disney princess and like create an ensemble out of stuffed things and go be at Disney to be seen doing this. Right. I'm very interested in how much more materialistic they are. Like I like from what I understand, Tokyo Disneyland, they're really, really, really into popcorn. Like it's yeah like very there's like, like here you common. get like one type of popcorn yeah but there there's many many types of popcorn and that they're super into merchandise mm-hmm. and no, packaging huge like into all of that. everything is into package like all the kind of stuff that we just have like throwaway packaging here like a hot dog or something yeah there apparently comes in like a box that's like adorned with whatever I don't know like I don't I can't picture the packaging for a hot dog right now but. So th- th- this is true. But they do have nicer confirm. packaging in Japan than they do here. Okay. And they, but like they're much more into like merchandise and yeah, like yeah, yeah. The, small, I mean, cute figurines. Oh, you know, that type of plush yeah, exactly. toys. And, All of that. Tons of that. Like okay. it's totally normal to see someone coming back from Disneyland with enormous bags full of plush toys that they've bought. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. So did this, like you, I envision your childhood like being a missionary's kid and like being not 
not extremely materialistic in the sense like I don't really picture you coming back from places with bags of plush toys. Yeah, no, this is the thing is like, this is part of the reason I'm not into anime. It's like, I didn't, I never got that sort of whatever the bug is of Japanese obsession about yeah. cultural things. Yeah. Um, and I was just into different things. Like I was into RuneScape, you know? Represent, bro. Instead of being into whatever else. Yeah. Speaking right, of like which, had, I like, am still into party RuneScape. Hats. Really? Oh yeah, dude. I Old just got, uh-huh. I just got, uh, the Karamja Hard Diaries completed. I don't even know what that is. You know, Karamja, is, right? Where is that? Karamja is like the island, the sort of tropical island place. Is that where you catch swordfish off the little dock? Yeah. It's members only. Yeah, it's right? members only. Yeah. I was only member for a short time. Right. And I do remember Karamja because I went there to catch swordfish. Mm-hmm. And I just got the hard diaries completed, which is something which, I was, I, I like to like set arbitrary goals for myself that are like not actually useful. Yep. I mean, like... <laughs> The Karamja Hard Diary was a really fun one because it took so much work to get there, but like I finally got there. Dude, you're nuts, man. I would love to get back into RuneScape, but I just can't imagine doing it. Like I can't imagine all the grinding and feeling like it's worth my time now. Well, it's like you, you gotta know? be like you're gonna be sitting in front of your TV at some point with your wife just chilling on the couch, right? For sure. You can play RuneScape while you're doing that. And that's mm-hmm. when I play RuneScape. Is <laughs> mostly like when we're just kind of like it's the weekend, we're sitting on the couch watching a movie. And I'm also playing RuneScape. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I do have, I, I have like a, I, it's now like my neck is so bad. I never do that. Mm-hmm. I can't basically like go on a laptop unless. That's true. You know. yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I lay off the, I lay off my bed mm-hmm. so that like, almost like you're on a massage chair table mm-hmm. with like your my chin, chin kind of propped up. In. Yeah, so that I can... That's how I played all of Crash Bandicoot because, like, it doesn't mess with your neck. It's oh, just, interesting. Like, neutral neck. I want to get, like, not... This is my... If I haven't talked about this, the the head part of a massage table, mm-hmm. but just that part, and it's adjustable, so you can lay off a bed or a chaise lounge mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, bump up this thing and then have your head totally supported and then program. That's cool. Um, Caleb, have you been to doctors about your neck? Yes. Yeah. Is, I've had like MRIs and stuff. What What's yeah. the situation? It's crooked. Uh, I landed on my head doing a backflip twice mm-hmm. and I smashed my face snowboarding mm-hmm. and got knocked out. And I'm guessing those are the causes, but yeah, like the top of my spine is like this. So do you have like fused discs or something? Like No, I have a... a bulging disc or something not a herniated disc but a bulging disc so there is like not it's not like a great spot and my spine is straight Mm -hmm. instead of being curved like most people's Mm -hmm. it's like straight there so it's straight so the discs are too close and i don't know i tweak my neck constantly it's like is there a possibility for like surgery to fix it because this sounds like something that like massively impacts your life it affects it's really funny because it actually does affect my life in every way all the time yeah. <laughs> like constantly i and that's drive the thing back that, from florida because i can't drive yeah well that's like the thing hour. is like I, I kind of like forget that you have like massive neck problems and yeah. then you'll like sort of casually bring it up in the same way that like people forget that i i like have massive sleep problems until i casually right, bring yeah. it up right right and people yeah. are like is there something you can do about that and i'm like probably maybe but there's I've, a degree of that yeah i've tried of, like, stuff and like what funny. am i gonna do i right. got it now 
I've spent a bunch of money. I've gone to doctors. I've gone to chiropractors, physical therapists. And yeah. it's always kind of the same thing. You go when you have a problem. Yeah. And then you, whether you go or not to fix the problem, it'll fix itself. Mm-hmm. You know, like you'll get better. Yeah, it'll get better get than it is again. right now. Yeah. And they'll be like, and they'll tell you the same stuff, like posture and all the stretches. And it's like, oh, why am I going? Why am I going to go spend more money if I can just do these things myself? Mm-hmm. And then you get lazy, and then you tweak your neck, and then you go, I got to do those things, and mm-hmm. whatever. I would love a, like a real fix, but I don't. I have zero hope for that. That would be great though. If but like neck open, like spine neck surgery or something like that. Well, aren't there fixes for bulging discs and stuff? Like, isn't it's not like a pro. Like, there's fixes for. Um, like herniated discs and slipped slipped discs but even that i mean like people who have back surgery like they only do back surgery when you're like when you really need when it when you when you're going to be like paralyzed yeah you know? it's not something they like do for people hmm. so um but no yeah well, but programming is like pretty bad for it and i do a lot of that so that's yeah kind of why sitting's the new smoking as they say gotta stand man gotta but then stand. you stand and then you you know you've seen my like tree pose and stupid stuff and then and then my knees hurt and whatnot mm. i'm an old man mm. so enjoy it enjoy your runescape on the couch daniel yeah dude i would be so much more productive if i could sit for real imagine having to stand all the time yeah sounds was me daniel. you're really productive though i can sit and i'm nowhere near as productive as you are nope <laughs> I, uh, maybe, but like when I sit, like sometimes this is what I do. I don't sit. So I treat myself to laying on the bed with a pillow under my head Mm -hmm. sideways and programming sideways. I actually do that like once a day for like probably. So do you tilt the laptop on its side? Yes. Okay. Yep. And, uh, and it's pretty neutral on the neck. And when you can just turn your body off and then turn your brain on, it's huge. And that's what you do when you sit, Mm -hmm. you know, it's awesome. Mm. Mm. Caleb. So great, Daniel. This has been uh Daniel grew up in Japan. Yeah. One Is of these days we're gonna else? do an episode where we talk about programming some. Right. Is there anything else that we need to tell the listener having grew up in Japan? So I've considered moving back to Japan. Really? I wouldn't I don't think Basically, the only way that it would work for me is if I didn't have to have a job with a Japanese company. Right, because the work culture in Japan is very hardcore, and programmers really don't get paid very well in Japan. Like, it's one of those things where it's like, a programmer gets paid 50 Gs a year or something, or 60 Gs a year or something, but like, also works 60, 70 hour weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's not that's not it for me, no. dude. Yeah. But like, living in Japan would be great. You know, I'd love to go like live in Japan for a couple of years. Um, but you you know it's complicated but now i'm self-employed so things are more possible right interesting so japan uh let me throw out a little stereotype here with asians and math mm-hmm. um and in my school the uh like asian students were extremely good at math and they their parents like ran the local um like chinese restaurants and mm-hmm. they were just like ridiculously smart mm-hmm. um probably just yeah rigorous, there's a lot of pressure but... in japanese society um it's very much a like get into the right school so you can get into the right school so you can get into the right school type of situation gotcha um okay. so when you're in fourth grade 
you start going to like prep school after school. Oh yeah. So that you can prepare for the entrance exam to middle school. And when you're in middle school, you're going to prepare for the entrance exam to high school. And when you're in high school, you're going to prepare for the entrance exam to college. Many high school kids. And this is why I didn't have a lot of Japanese friends in high school. Like I didn't do any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And my friends, my friends all did. Yeah. And so, um, like I sort of lost touch with a bunch of my like Japanese, Japanese friends. I had a lot of half Japanese friends. Okay. Um, but I lost touch with a lot of my Japanese, Japanese friends. Cause like, we just couldn't hang out. Cause there was like, that's crazy. Like, especially when I was in high school, like when I was in like 10th and 11th grade, like my friends would be at these secondary schools after school until 11 PM or something. That is so and crazy. And then ride the train home and then wake up at seven to go to school again. Like, wow. and they'd be there like four or five days a week. Like it was crazy. That's insane. Yeah. And I mean, and then that sort of like death march thing just kind of becomes the accepted pattern. Yeah. And then uh, you just carry that on into the working world. And that is the work culture of Japan too. Um, Luckily, Japan kind of had like a little bit of an economic downturn. Um, Not luckily, but like. In response to that, um, more American managerial styles have sort of entered in a little bit. Um, and so there are more sort of startups where people are encouraged tables. to work like a 40-hour work week. Right, and okay. people are encouraged. So like there's a thing in Japan, which is that you don't leave the office until your boss has left the office. Yeah. So you get in, you stay until he leaves. And he stays until his boss leaves, you know? And so this leads to this thing where, like, people who don't have anything to do are sitting around the office trying to look busy until Mm -hmm. 10. And then you have to go out with your boss for drinks after work. Um, Which, like, as a person who doesn't drink, I've now thought about, like, what would it be like to, like... Because Japanese culture is very, like, you go out for drinks after work. I'm like, I wonder what it would be like, like, as a sober person to be, like... Uh, no thanks guys like right because there's a lot of pressure to like conform and stuff in japan mm. um so yeah i think working in a japanese corporate environment would be very hard um mm. but there are more sort of like startups and like even like established tech companies are now starting like teams within them that are like run in a more like american tech company managerial style okay. because they realize that burned out people don't write good code yeah interesting that's yeah that's pretty crazy i mean that's definitely matches more of my perception of japanese uh yeah rigorous yeah. work ethic and it's hardcore yeah it's crazy here in america we're just like <laughs> i'm thinking of a few phrases um yeah we're just playing around yeah <laughs> Yeah, man. But, you know, there's pros and cons, right? You don't get uh, you don't get like spotless subways without a sort of like tyrannical managerial system in the subway janitor (laughs) company. Yeah. Right. But you also don't get uh, like Japan also has like the highest suicide rate in the world. You know? Oh, really? Yeah. It's like there's definite problems there, you know? 
Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Cool. Um, so Deke, what what time are we at here? Oh, we've been here for an hour and a half, dude, talking about Japan. But this is good. Uh, this is for your. This is a service to your wife. Oh no, she's gonna eat this up. Yeah, dude, Caleb. When are we? Um, we should all go to Japan when COVID's over. Yeah, she. I mean, she was just looking at um, flights and. Like, I mean, we can't book anything right now, mm-hmm. but so, you know, we're like, we're starting with like, I've, I've amassed a bunch of points so that I, I can I'm fly to Japan I'm also sitting on like down. a backlog of points. Nice. So I'm, my goal is to fly to Japan laying down because one, it would be fun, but also the old neck. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, that's what we're kind of aiming for. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're trying, we're, th- I mean, we'd love to go like next May. That um, sounds dope. And dude. it would Let's be do it. dope to have a like a Japan Japanese guide. Come on, dude! And we could like go. Oh, it'd be so tight. It'd be so fun if we all went. It would be so much fun. We would, would have so a blast. Uh, and I feel like this, especially if I had you. Mm-hmm. If I had you, Japan doesn't have to be a huge trip. Like without you, I'm like going to a foreign country that's not even like European, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's very whatever. But with you, man. It's like all it is is carving out like week, week and a half. So These I would not want to go to Japan. And... So the one thing that you're not considering is the jet lag is oh. intense. It's the exact opposite. It's 100% the opposite schedule. So really? you're going to lose like two or three days on just the front. Sleeping. Of, yeah. Well, not just sleeping, but it's well, like... You're not going to be in a good, fun spot to go do stuff. So you're going to be tired. Yeah, so you're yeah, going to be yeah. less productive. You're not going to want to do as many things, right? Right, right, yeah. And generally, I think being in Japan is way more fun when you do like one thing a day. And beyond that, you just kind of like vibe around. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I would say we went for two weeks last time. I don't think I want to go for less than three weeks next time I go. Gotcha. Um, but like going for three weeks, I think is ideal. Right, because it's like short enough wow. that like you get home. It's a long time, bro. But, yeah, but it's like it's such a different culture. You have your like, parents to stay with. You, that's would true. you stay that's with your true. parents? Uh, we didn't stay with our parents last time, but we stayed like near them. Yep. You know what I'm saying? In, and like, the problem with us traveling together is like we're staying with your parents, so then it's gonna be awkward. Like, who's gonna get to stay with your parents? <laughs> no, I you think know? it'll be fun if you guys get to stay with our parents. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. It'd be cool if we went to Japan. It would be cool. We'd have a Agreed. blast. I bet Agreed. we could fish too. It'd be cool. I Dude. bet there's like special oh, Japanese oh, fishing oh. gear. Come on. There's fish always there's special Japanese <laughs> gear for everything. I mean, guaranteed. I could I could totally see it. I mean, one of my dreams is to sit by a tree with a pipe and a bamboo rod. Yeah, that's totally doable. And just you, you know, know, I got I got bamboo growing like in my backyard right now. You can you can have some bamboo. <laughs> you have bamboo, common bamboo. Yeah out in my backyard dude good for you not that good for so me cool. it's gonna destroy my yard, sure but definitely yep bamboo's legit though it is legit it's a cool plant it's I a like really it. cool plant yeah super tall oh that's another tall thing and thin, like, like you yeah yeah that's another thing in japan you is and like, the bamboo plant there are a lot like of places that in america um you know those like uh fences that they put up around construction sites that have like that black canvas cloth stretched oh, over them. I absolutely no, yes. So those in Japan, it's very like common for those to just be bamboo fences that are like kind of quickly thrown together. Oh, really? Yeah. 
So cool. if they need to like throw up like a quick temporary fence in Japan, it's, it's pretty common like, for it to just be like some bamboo lashed together. Oh my gosh, dude, that's so hardcore. Yeah. Like we, we, you know, that's what you get when you go to Bahama Breeze for dinner in America. Yeah, but, but in uh, Japan, it's just like, well, this bamboo Japan, is just everywhere. Let's cut it down and use it, everywhere. For, use it for stuff. It's dope, dude. Yeah. Japan, man. Mm, what I mean, an episode. I, I would really love to go and drink some tea in Japan as well. Oh, that's and, like, definitely doable. Really get into the tea scene. Yeah. I would love to like climb a really long stone staircase with mm-hmm. a tea house at the top. And that's I'd, I'd be really absolutely that. achievable. So tea in Japan. Have you ever like sat? Uh, done the tea ceremony? Cross leg. Yeah. 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 I've done it once or twice. Cool. It's cool. It's like a whole thing. Yeah. Um. I've never done it, to be fair. I've done it in, like, situations where it's like, we knew someone who did them, and so Mm -hmm. they, like, did one for us. Okay. Right? Like, in our house or, like, at my school or something. But we've never, like, gone to the tea house and, like, done it. I think my parents probably have, but I haven't. So, I bet the environment makes it a lot cooler. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, you in, like, a fluorescent lit, like, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. bingo hall. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing a tea ceremony. Do they have bingo in Japan? uh i don't i don't know probably not word um do they have that game that they have in crazy rich asians that what's that popular game yeah mahjong that's the chinese thing i think they do have it in japan but okay the big like gambling thing in japan is uh pachinko pachinko which is like uh all right it's kind of like uh like slots mixed with pinball i guess fun yeah so like you it's like a it's like a slot machine full of like like quarter inch steel ball bearings okay right and you like put your money in and you like kind of pull the plunger or whatever yeah and like you have a little twisty knob that you can kind of use to have exert some control over it yeah but like a thousand ball bearings like fall down this thing this little like pegboard machine mm-hmm. and your goal is to have the most of them come out of the machine and into your bucket as oh. possible right and then you can kind of like recycle them back through the interesting the system and like if they go into certain holes you get multipliers and like mm-hmm. all this other stuff and so it's like slots mixed with pinball but then at the That's end great you like cash out your bucket of steel ball bearings for money. No way. Yeah. Pachinko? Pachinko. P-A-C-H-I-N-K-O. Pachinko. But when I was a kid, I could never go into the parlors because I was too young. So when we were there last, it was the first time I've been in Japan as an adult, and we like went into a pachinko parlor just to see what the vibe was. Yeah. Because they're everywhere. Um, and we went in and it, it like really like you can smoke in them. So it's just yeah. like a fluorescent lit room that smells dude, like cigarettes yeah. really hardcore. Pretty crazy. I mean, it, that's nuts, dude. It looks like uh, these balls look like. Remember that game that there's like two two sides of this game thing with like a red gun attached to the board. And you put these like. Like Hungry Hungry Hippos or it. something. Kind of, but yeah. you like shoot them at a thing in the middle, I think, like a twist or a, like, um, whatever. You didn't live in the US. You don't know Mm-mm. things. Um, that's very interesting, Daniel. Did you eat a lot of pokey sticks? Um, pokey those sticks. exist. Yeah, you can get them. They're good. Dude, I'm going okay. to the Asian grocery store as soon as we're done this. 
I hope they're still open because there is a. This um, has made me you, want snacks. Can you filibuster this podcast while I go grab an Asian candy that we adore and got at the Japanese market? Yep, yep happy to do it. Okay. okay um. So it. yeah, my favorite uh, Asian candies, and I am just gonna like. I'm actually just gonna share my screen on uh on YouTube so that the the listening audience can see. This. All right. These are the mini four wheel drives, by the way. But here is what you want. So you want to go on Amazon. You want to go to search for Kaki no Tane. You this is what you bro. want. You want to eat these. These are amazing. Get, get you some Kaki no Tane and get you some uh, puree Japanese. Japanese gummies. How do you spell this, Daniel? Um, it's on the YouTube video, but it's kaki k a k i no n o tane t a n e gotcha cake no tang mm-hmm. khaki no tang um so this is what's up that's my favorite snack and i'm about cool, to buy dude. some really so Deco, mm-hmm. have you ever had i don't know if this is oh it's chinese but i got it at the japanese market creamy candy you ever have these things white rabbit i don't know what that is no It'll change your life. But we I have something. Called, there's something in Japan called Milky. Okay. Um, search Milky Candy. It's very similar. Um, and this had like this is like wrapped in rice paper. Yeah, it's wrapped in rice eat? paper. It's kind of like chewy, like a toffee, but it's milk. Pokey Chan. Milky. Okay, I got it. It's called Milky. Mm-hmm. Word. Anyway, get you some. Oh. Oh yeah. Okay, dude. This looks. I mean, if you search milky candy, mm-hmm. a bag of white rabbit comes up. Okay. So they're well. probably really similar. It's like the greatest. Is it like a toffee type thing, but milk Sort of. Yes. Yeah. Less butterscotchy than toffee. It's milky. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean like texturally. It's kind of like a yeah. like a it's... now and later texture, but. Yes. Yeah. Yep. But not as frustrating as a now and later. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make you feel like your teeth are going to fall out. Mm-hmm. Um, now and laters are dangerous. They are. I wonder how many thousands of dollars of dental work has been done by someone like ripping a filling out with a now and later. What were they thinking when they made those? Like they just kept pushing the envelope. Like we'll try Laffy Taffy. We'll see. Yeah. Okay. Skittles. That's like like a little bit more hardcore. Right. Now, what if we do one that's like a brick of sucrose condensed Mm -hmm. into like, oh my gosh. And like we make a candy that feels hard until you let it sit in your teeth for for a few seconds and then it'll uh fuse to your filling well no it's, then it feels soft enough that you might be able to actually bite it and then you bite right, it maybe and then it hardens up as soon as it comes into contact with your fillings and then rips them right. out of your head yeah yeah and then you try to pull your jaw apart yeah and whoopsie daisy there goes my up. tooth just spent yeah, three thousand dollars on that those are nuts who ever thought about an hour and later i dude i was with oh at our church Growing up, they had like a Halloween alternative to um, trick-or-treating because, you know, and so we took our neighbor and he had braces and he had a now and later. And I don't know. I just remember it being like this huge fiasco. Like he'd been in the now and later and like, I don't know if his braces came off or something. It was a huge thing. Like mm-hmm. we had to like rush him home. He probably yeah. ripped a brace off of his tooth or something. I mean, um, imagine getting a now and later caked on a brace. Caleb. Uh, we gotta go. Okay. But before we go, we have one 
question straight from the chat, and I want to see if this is a real question that you can answer. Okay. Elliot Champeau says, Hey guys, live coding with a friend at the moment. We ran into a bit of a pickle. How would you test for wire model defer when property is updated in the render method? Mr. Caleb Portio. Are you making me answer? Are you making me do live wire support live on Nova? I'm making you do it live on Nova. Is this does this make sense as a question? How would you what? test for wire model, wire model defer when the property is updated in the render method, Mr. Caleb Forzio? I don't know what that means. Dude, I don't know either. Yeah, we don't know what that means, <laughs> Elliot. Sorry, bud. <laughs> That's funny. I that is the uh I, I fully accept your questions and I'm not trying to be a dick at all. Yeah. But I do get a good giggle inside when like I'll, you know, when I'm like publicly available for Q&A on something like just casual, chilling, whatever, like mm-hmm. high level. And somebody's like, hey, would you mind take, you know what? It's like the equivalent of having a doctor friend <laughs> where you're like, hey, would you mind taking a look at my, like there's this flap that shouldn't be here, <laughs> this nodule. Do you think you could remove this? It's basically that equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, hey, uh, well, I got you. You know, I'm line 37 of my, I'm line 3037. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm getting this obscure hair. Would you mind taking a look? <laughs> Funny. <sighs> so, uh, I also, I really didn't mean to shit on whoever asked that. I'm not shitting on you. Sorry. No, it's cool. Um, so, uh, so that's that, Decol. Do you mind queuing us out, bro? Dude, let's cue that. Outro music now. Bom, bom, ah, that was good. I liked that.